the burden is on us as the owners and the appliance repair company to, to execute. Well, I don't want to do that. What if something goes wrong? What if it is it? It's like, that's great. So that's, that's why you're getting negative feedback because the customer has no freaking clue of these challenges. You have to educate. Growing your home service business can be a pain in the ass, but we know you want to grow. On the Home Service Leaders Podcast, we interview leaders in the home services to find out how they're building their companies so you can too. Hey everybody, it's Nathan Young. I'm back with the Home Service Leaders Podcast. I'm here with Alex. Alex, you've been here before. Welcome back. Happy to be here. Remind us again, who is Alex and what does he do? I work for a few different companies, uh, Fluid Services, which is a marketing and operational and software as a service uh, company uh, for field service companies specifically. Really, appliance repair is our main bread and butter, but we will help folks in HVAC, plumbing, et cetera. Uh, but my real uh, background comes in the appliance repair industry, uh, specifically with Fred's Appliance, where I run the, the company with Adam Butcher, who is the primary owner of Fred's Service. And we also have our own academy called Fred's Appliance Academy, where we train technicians from all across the country to learn appliance repair. And that's, that's me in a nutshell. I feel like you've said that once or twice before. <laughs> Just a few times. Just a few. <laughs> the last time we talked, you actually talked to Austin. But the last time that you were on the podcast, first of all, we were called the More Leads Online podcast. We've since rebranded to the Home Service Leaders podcast, which I'm super excited about because that's what you are. You're a leader in the home services. Um, and we're hearing from you. And that's what the most important thing is, right? And so what's been going on since we last spoke, tell me a little, the, the reality is it's been a shit year. Unpack that for me a little bit <laughs> for you guys. How have things shifted for you? Oh, well, since when COVID hit, the big panic was PPE procedures. How do we handle this? Is it safe for the techs to get in the home? Once that stuff kind of settled a little bit, the next major concern was uh, the office staff and working remote and where we had areas with some companies that had to shut down for two weeks because they were all gathering in one location. One person gets COVID. The protocol is you got to shut everything down. And that's, that's happened for a few different companies. We've been fortunate at Fred's. We've been remote since 2019, the beginning of it, uh, 100%. Uh, the techs have been, re been remote since 2010. So they've been running from home since the last decade. So we were just trying to help scramble. We created a guide on our website to kind of try and spell out common areas that they need to look at and where to address it. Adam took the time to spell out a procedure list on what you should do in the home, like what, you know, booties, take a garbage bag, put it all in the garbage bag. So this was all back when we were afraid of our groceries and stuff like that too. So, you know, we weren't sure if it was airborne or touch or where the primary concern was. So... That was the scramble. Um, the business side of it, once the once the stimulus checks rolled out, it, it turned into a shit show. <laughs> I mean, it was just whether you were selling the appliances, you couldn't keep up with it. And you still can't. Black Friday, uh, one dealer, uh, Yale Appliance, I highly recommend them from a content standpoint. They post a ton of content where they'll share their sales numbers and what's <laughs> trending. So they were sharing stuff like it was a three to six month wait if you were buying a new appliance that week. So hopefully you weren't moving into the house next month because you're not going to have the fridge. Sorry. So yeah, we had we had those concerns on the sales side and the repair side, and we're still dealing with them today as repair uh, supply chain issues um, mm. where you just can't get the part. 
So this is one area where appliance repair really is different than everybody else. Plumbing, there's a ton of like SKUs, but when it comes to appliances, we destroy it. It's like grains of sand on a beach when it comes to all the different types of part numbers that exist. And it's not a matter of just having one part number. You could have a board. It was made in China. Well, China, the, the boats won't ship out, COVID, whatever. Now it's got to be made in Malaysia. Oh, nope, can't make it there anymore. Now it's got to be made in Taiwan. All three of those have different part numbers. All of them might have different series and how they're made, and then they're shipped to us. They're coming in the wrong box. They're not coming at all. The tracking information is sometimes not accurate. And meanwhile, you're the customer in all this, trying to understand from our perspective that I can't make the part show up, but you know, I understand why you're mad at me because <laughs> we're not able to fix it. Well, right. And, and my experience as a customer, what I have gotten accustomed to is that I say, fix it. And you say, we did. And that's like, that's the end of my responsibility as a customer. And so now it's three months later and you're trying to explain what you just did to me, which is that your supply chain is disrupted in this hilariously impossible way. And as a customer, I'm like, why is this my problem? Right? And it's not their problem. You know, customers shouldn't have to to go through with all that. But at least it does seem like the customer awareness is, is being realistic now because it's not just us. You know, you go out and buy furniture, you go buy a bicycle, you know, anything where you were staying at home, mm -hmm. everything sold out. It took me a while to get a webcam. I think it was a two month back order. That's why I was talking to you last time on a laptop. <laughs> so we started, we, uh, Samantha and I, we were, <laughs> we, our story is ridiculous for the year 2020, but effectively I was supposed to move to Minnesota I was my family and I were supposed to move to Minnesota, not just me, but um, we were supposed to move to Minnesota in February and like right in February. So we're like looking at houses in February and we were supposed to be at an office there. And uh, I was going to take a part time position basically as an operations officer to help a guy like uh, rebuild a business. That's just, you know part of what I like to do. Um, so I'm running this company and I was like, sure, I'll take on helping you rebuild some other company. Um, Cause why wouldn't I do that? And our company obviously is completely distributed. We've been digital since day one and I have a fantastic team and we have super clean processes and sales we struggle with, not systems. So I'm looking at this and I'm talking to Samantha and we're in the very beginning of February and I'm looking at her and I'm going, I think maybe we should take this more seriously than we're being told to right now. So we, we were pre like, you know, the grocery rushes and all that stuff that happened. We did the same thing, but we were two weeks before it's so many weird looks and our friends were like, what is the deal and whatever. So we're like two, three weeks before that. But the thing about that was I remember having that conversation with her and saying, you know what? If things start to look like they might get a little dicey, like, sure, let's buy out some, let's buy some groceries out a few weeks ahead or whatever. I'm going to go buy a chest freezer. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> like, so, and like the first week of March, I go to look for a chest freezer. I call every appliance store near me. You know, like I start with little guys. I go all the way up to box stores and they're like, we don't know. It's not, it's not like a, this might take a month, two months, three months wait time. They're like, we don't know when we'll get another chest freezer in stock. It may not be this year. We're at that point. And I was like, oh, so like everything you're saying rings like true in my literal experience where we were like trying to get this stuff. And I was like, 
that I think that's what set off all the alarms in my head is like, oh, this is really real because I was trying to order these products, just appliances. I knew how the distribution channels worked because I use like my family runs an appliance sales, a retail appliance sales store. So I'm calling Almo distributors or whatever that is, you know, and I'm going, I buy my appliances from the same place Lowe's does and um, for wholesale. And so I'm calling them directly now. And they're like, no, it's the last one. I went out of the warehouse a week ago and like our guys in China, whatever are like, there aren't any more coming. Yeah. A lot of freezers don't get made here. That's what really screwed <laughs> that that whole thing. There's a few, you know, the upright stuff, the bigger ones, but like right. all the small chest ones, they'll they'll distinctly look different regardless of the name that's on it. And yeah, we should be making more stuff here. But then again, if we made that two hundred dollar chest freezer here, it's not <laughs> two hundred bucks. So that's the paradigm. But obviously, they'd sell right now. But as they got to sell in 2021, 2022, that's right. Manufacturers don't know what to do at this point. And I don't think any of them really know what to do because it's hard to predict the buying patterns that you're going to see this year. There was countless examples that I would see online of factory lines that have all this stuff all around the line. Nothing's being made because yep. they're missing one thing. <laughs> and they have to just sit there because they're like, well, we can't keep, you can't use this line for something else that requires a whole retrofitting what it needs to do. And so it's just going to sit here for weeks. And, and some of those would be parts that could help us fix stuff out in the field, but they'd have to unpack them, repack them, retag them. Who's doing that? We don't have enough labor probably to fix all the problems as it is. I don't think that problem is going to get sorted hopefully, uh, probably for at least another year um, because all the manufacturers and one of the negatives in our industry is all these damn SKUs with parts. Well, that, contrib- that compounds it is they want to make a new product every year, even if it's not really new but it's new to the parts distributors and the different ma- those different mechanics. So they have to come up with new numbers and new things to stock. And then that continues to perpetuate. I'm hopeful that COVID will make them stop doing that shit and they'll just stop <laughs> creating so many damn SKUs. Could you imagine really? if the I- iPhone had like 20 hundred different SKUs? <laughs> like it's- oh my gosh. I get mad when there are five. <laughs> you know and, and when you come in the into a appliance store and you see a washing machine and they look at the other brand washing machine you're like you open the tub and you're like these look exactly the same inside but they are yeah. <laughs> what, what a great buying experience oh man I, I trust these brands so implicitly because of these games they play with us uh, as consumers and you can right. google it and you'll figure out what brand owns who it's not like it's top secret info so Right. Yeah, exactly. Go up one or two levels in the chain and you're like, oh, you guys are all, it's this one company who makes all of it. You just slap different labels on it. Fun fact for anyone who doesn't know, the label tag for the appliance gets when we were, so again, like uh, my parents own a furniture and appliance retail store. When we swapped, we used to sell exclusively used appliances. We swapped over to new appliances because new appliances have gotten so cheap. We were carrying Frigidaire but and Maytag, but all the subsidiary brands. So like Hot Point is just Frigidaire. We would order some of these are supposed to be Frigidaire, some of these are supposed to be Hot Point, some of these are supposed to be I'm thinking of a different one that's not Hot Point. Um Tappan, Calvinator, Gibson. That's yeah, what Frigidaire yeah, yeah, yeah. wants. Whatever. I know what you're saying. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, you try and get that cheaper one, but go on. But well, we would get all the appliances and then they would also hand us a bag of labels. Like the little things that, so we're the guys in the retail store who are sticking the Frigidaire 
like emblem on your thing. And if we screw that up and put the hot point one on, like you'll never know. There's no difference. <laughs> like, it's just such a disingenuous thing to do with customers. I think at this stage, we're we're in the internet era. We have to start looking at it. Going, they're they're smart enough to just take the model number and go home and look it up. And we see this with parts. You know, it's the same. Best Buy dealt with it with Amazon when it came out in the market. We have that problem with replacement parts. You can go if I quote you for something. Amazon's very likely to have it cheaper. So it's just being aware of that and then working around that. So. As you're training these guys, as you're training guys in the industry, both business owners and also journeymen, right? Because I mean, like you're doing both, you're helping both. I was recently talking to Derek Clarkin. He is the president of a general contracting company in Minnesota. We talked a lot about how COVID has affected his teams. He said something very similar to you in that they do large commercial construction and some residential like uh, renovations and things like that. But he was like, oh, we had one building where an entire floor, like we were building a floor we had like 50,000 square feet and all of it was stuck because we couldn't get the overhead light. So the entire project ground to this halt. They have materials everywhere. And he's like, you can't get these light installation fixtures. It's impossible, but you have to get that because, you know, in X, Y, Z, it's Y. You can't, you can't finish the job. You can't. Yeah. And so as we're seeing that, what he basically said is, I mean, again and again and again, he just stressed the importance of like being flexible, being able to adjust. How are you telling techs and telling business owners like we know there's a problem? How are you helping them adjust to that? Take a deep breath. Things aren't going to go well and start trying to figure out how you can control stuff. So you can't make the parts show up quicker. Mm -hmm. So are you notifying your customers that the parts on order? Are you rescheduling customers aggressively? So in other words, we typically, pre-COVID days, you, we could go into a house, we diagnose you needed something we didn't have, we would reschedule you in the home. We took the time mm. to make sure you're in our slot in a future position. That is still very rare. We've been doing that for a decade and we've been preaching it for a decade. It's still very rare that people are doing that. The mm -hmm. burden is on us as the owners and the appliance repair company to, to execute. Well, I don't want to do that. What if something goes wrong? What if this is it? It's like, that's great. So that's, that's why you're getting negative feedback because the customer has no freaking clue of these challenges. You have to educate. And so then they go, Another valid, uh, a reasonable excuse would be, oh, you pick up the phone. Nobody wants to have to answer the call to hear these. 100% agree. We don't pick up the phone either. And then that's where their heads explode. What do you mean? We text them. <laughs> yeah, we text them. We text them. We just shoot a quick text like, yo, hey, this is still on back order. We had you scheduled for this date. We're going to push you a week back. Is that cool? Do you just want to take off the schedule and say, go away until this part comes in? That's it. All done by text. Everyone leaves us alone. <laughs> that's it. That's, and now, now our team is nowhere near as burdened. They're not overwhelmed with the constant picking up the phone and doing mm -hmm. that scenario every time where you have that conflict because you've got to have conflict because you're not giving the customer what they want. So if we can like at least parse that off, the, the, the really angry customers will pick up the phone and have a conversation. We can go from there. And then we have the energy to help those people or at least take the time to, to break down what's going on. And anytime I would talk to a customer, I would take the time to explain to them how this is working. China's doing this. We get the product from here. We bring it over here. It, it's a little overwhelming for a customer, but it's like, hey, you, you, you asked. Here's the answer. We know the work we do reflects who we are as a company. 
and the quality of our podcast is no exception. We know how to get more leads online for home service businesses, which does not make us podcasting experts. We know some of you would love to have a podcast, but you don't know what to do, and it's exhausting to wade through the internet crap flood trying to find someone you can trust. That's why we partner with BlackBerry Media, a podcast production company who is so good at this stuff that we do feel like experts sometimes. If you're like us and want someone who will guide you in building an awesome podcast, go to blackbearmedia.net. Tell them More Leads Online sent you for a special offer. One of the, again, I, I just mentioned Derek, but um, it's the most recent show that I did. So like, it's very much in my head right now. But also it, it kind of chimes to just how not different a lot of like, yeah, sure. We're technically in the home services when I would consider this a trade and he's in general contracting, they're building buildings, but we have the same issues, which is people, people are people, right? So whether they're in Minnesota or whether they're in Utah or whatever, no matter who wants to argue that people are people and they want effectively the same stuff. And he basically just kept saying again and again, it was really, I would say it was impressive how consistent that he was uh, sticking to this and how he had rolled this out throughout his company. He was like, we have to be agile and we have to be honest and transparent. He's like, gone is the day where your customer will say, Hey, aren't we supposed to have that thing or won't, won't that thing be ready? Like by whatever day. And in your head, you're like, I haven't even started on that. Sure. I'm just going to scramble and, you know, like I'm going to pull a Hail Mary and scramble and have that thing done in two days. You can't. There's, there is no such thing as pulling a scramble and getting it done. Like you can't. It's, you're stuck because that boat didn't leave Malaysia. So either you bite the bullet and you get really honest and really transparent right away with your customer. Hey, how long will this take? I'm going to be really transparent with you. We have no idea. It honestly could be anywhere from two weeks, which is where we would love to schedule you. That's what we're hoping. Transparently, we might not get that part for another four months. And so how do we make a decision from there? And like, you will either keep a customer or lose them in this moment because of that transparency and honesty. If you don't do that, you're winning and losing based on that one willingness right now. And I'm saying that and you're saying yes, no. <laughs> I, I, agree, I agree with you. So uh, the other thing too is we're going even a step further and uh, we used to have our 800 number and you would have to do touchstone stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all gone. You yep. immediately talk to a human. It sucks at first, <laughs> you know, because sadly we are way easier to get in touch with than any other part of this entire repair supply chain. Really? Um, so our team gets to deal with the, you know, uh, I've on the hole with this manufacturer. I was on the hole with this insurance company for the last three hours. Yeah, you got to call them again. They're the ones that authorize the repair. So it, it, the, the, we're more accessible, but I could, uh, that's another area where it's like, why is these companies struggling? It's like, well, can I get a human on the phone when I dial the number? Or are you going to make me do homework as the customer? Mm-hmm. I have to figure out 
which zip code to enter because I own a pro- apartment complexes. I don't know which freaking one you want. Oh, it doesn't hear me. The automated message now wants me to do it again. Uh, all that stuff's got to go away. Not just for us, but big companies should be doing the same thing too. But, you know, one thing at a time. But it, all small businesses should dump all that stuff. We used to do it because it was we thought we were doing something that helped the customer. But ultimately, all we're doing is making it trying to make it easier for us. Well, if yeah. I route him to the parts guy, the parts guy doesn't have that moment where he's talking to a customer. God forbid the parts guy talks to a customer. Like, that's the whole freaking point we're here. And sometimes if they talk to you, you could save the job, you know? Yes. And it's just a matter of freeing up their time and being more efficient. So, yeah, right. it's little stuff like it's a bunch of little things. And that's what drives people nuts is they're hoping that when we talk to them that we have some awesome Fred's solution that I just open a box and it's ready to rock. And it's like... No, no, it's all little stuff in your procedures and how you're interacting with your customers. Are you doing every, are you thinking ahead? You have to always have the answer ready before they even ask it. But you have to ask those questions internally. If you're not asking those questions internally, none of this gets done. And then we just, we're we're talking about the same shit year after year. And it's like, yeah, this is why nothing's changing. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, like you just said something that's a truism of business overall though, right? Like people... Constantly, I talk to people about their business ideas, why their business was successful, what failed about it, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you can start a business by like choosing any of the things that you need in a business and just closing your eyes and throwing a dart at a board and be like, that's the thing I'll do first. But if you want to grow, right? Because there's a difference. If you want to, if you want to be an artisan, if you want to like ply your trade, but you don't want to run a company, if you want to just be that like skilled individual specialist, whatever that has that small group, that tiny tribe of hyper loyal customers. Great. You don't have to do any of the shit that we're talking about, but you are cause you have this you practically, you basically have this personal relationship with them. So there's just so much grace built in. If you don't, if you actually want to grow, if you want to work with people that you've never met before and you're not doing the stuff that we're talking about right now, the stuff you're telling me about, you're going to hit the ceiling. It's it's just, it's not the new, it's not the next automation that's the thing that gets you there. Because you're literally telling me, take some of that crap out of your business. In some cases, yeah. It, it just depends. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Our business as well is not a, a not a want. You know, there is some field services where there's a want. You know, you're doing landscaping, people want a nicer yard, you yeah. know, and they'll pay extra because it's gonna look nice and make them feel better. No one feels great when their fridge breaks. I'm never <laughs> I'm not gonna make it any better than what it was. It's a maintenance only uh, uh, scenario. So because of that, we're always dealing with hostility. So what can we improve? Well, we can improve. We can make this as painless as possible. I have a dentist. This guy is awesome. Uh, I, I haven't gone since COVID, but man, when I went there before, he's like, he pulls the gas right out. He's like, how much you want? Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just right out of the gate. Like, how's the chair? Chair's nice and comfy. Let's get you drugged up. Like, that's his first priority. You know, and it's not like a bad thing because he's, he's like, you know, he's not pushing it on you. He's just, I want you to relax. I want you to yeah. just be a big smile. I have to say that was the best dentist appointment I've ever had because he was worried about me. He wasn't yes. worried about make sure you follow our procedures. Well, you didn't bring the right form. Get back in the waiting thing. Get another form. Yep. No. Okay. 
you know, and that's why I'm going to that dentist over somebody else. I don't want to go to the dentist. I never <laughs> want to go to the dentist. So the fact that they're thinking about me and making it as easy as it possible for me, I'll come back. And that's and this- really... In a nutshell, why Amazon is trillions of dollars because they thought about me. When I ask my local anything, I want this thing. You have it in store. When can I have it? And they're like, we can get it to you in five days. And I'm like, why would I? <laughs> like, Aside from just my personal loyalty to this concept of buying locally, why would I do that? It's not the best for me. And on some level... I understand that there needs to be a break at some point, at some point, right? Like we have to on be people and be like, I do want to support the guy down the street. And I do, it plays in, but on some level being a business owner, this is the reality that you're going to smack into, which is if you take care of your customers really well and your customers think that they have the best experience, that's capitalism, right? It's you have the opportunity to do the absolute fucking best for a person. And so when that person has a pain that they need to solve or they have a thing that they want and they want to get it, the thing standing between them and their current state and the end state of that thing being in their hands, whatever is the fastest route is the first one through their brain. This is true for me, no matter how altruistic I want to try to get. The first place I'm going to go is what is the fastest? What is the right? I'm going to go convenience, price, uh, quality. (laughs) And somehow I'm going to manage those three things. And so is everyone else. Convenience, price, quality. And you can shuffle those three things around in priority for any product, any given product. But like, even for, I thought it was hilarious. You were just saying this appliance repair is always a bad time. Uh, I got story brand certified this year. I don't know if you're familiar. It's basically like a, it's a system for uh, clarifying your message and the amount of like, I can't explain what I actually do in business, right? I can tell you about it for days, but as a potential customer, how much do you want before you like tune out? And the answer is roughly one sentence. So you did extraordinarily well. You named Fred's Appliance Repair Academy. You're done, right? Hey, what do you do? I run Fred's Appliance Repair Academy. Got it. (laughs) Simple enough. When it comes to marketing and stuff like that, it's it's such a such a loaded question we had we had, i could spend uh, 45 minutes with a client just discussing the differences of google oh yes you well, have to because they all think that maps and local oh, yeah. and, and all that's all the same shit and it's not it's all different machines you know so, so that's the and that's the reason so like i went and got story brain certified because frankly i'm not very good at being um what's the word at brevity <laughs> I was doing a story brand. So I was like clarifying this me- the message of this roofer and where we landed on what message they wanted to lead with was basically your roof is going to break. That will suck. Let's make fixing that as painless as possible. So they just like right up front, right? Like just address the elephant right up front you do not want to talk to me. If you're talking to me, something terrible is happening and your life now sucks. 
right? Like me being here in my uniform professionally trying to serve you means your life blows right now. The faster that you can recognize that and like sort of deal with it and then move to the next thing, it sounds like you're saying the more open, honest, transparent you can be, the faster you're going to get to loyalty of customers. First of all, gaining of customers and also loyalty of customers over time. Yes. uh, The sooner the better because you can't expedite this. There's no way to trick the public into trusting you faster. All you can do is the opposite, right? It's the the catastrophic, uh, God forbid, you burned a house down and it's because of your negligence and it got on the news and then you might as well just change your brand. So yeah, they c- it's only that way. And I joke with clients if like, because Sears is uh, still considered the biggest servicer in the country because they're just nationwide. Mm-hmm. And I said, if Sears called me tomorrow and wanted to have me do their marketing, I don't care how much money they're spending. I can't guarantee that the results they want. Searcher's intent, Google changes algorithms, all they have the same challenges we all do. They just have more money to burn, maybe. Man, <laughs> so, well said. Yeah, so it's just a matter of just getting these folks to understand that, that this is an investment and your brand is more damaged. It's just like reviews and anything else that goes with that. All of that stuff just takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And the same with all these transitions for change. That's the other, that's why I say take a breath is like my first thing because it's not mm-hmm. going to happen overnight, especially when I demo stuff at Fred's and how we're doing something. I know I'm overwhelming them right out of the gate, but I have to kind of like show them like the result. Here's the result. All right. So how did we get here? Here's your first thing you want to tackle. Get back to me when you're done. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's really how we, we try. It's all the baby step stuff. And that's usually one of the most frustrating things that I think I've had feedback-wise from an owner is they wish I could just shit out the solutions faster. But I wish I did, but then you wouldn't be able to afford it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'd be Google or something like that at that point. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'd own my own platform. Yeah, and then you're not talking to me at all, sadly. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So, you know... Yeah, right. it's, it's it's the leading them to the water. We just can't force them to drink. We just have to keep trying to lead them to the water. Yes. And then hopefully we get them there. And that's the baby step stuff, small stuff. Are you texting? Are you doing this? You know, how many times have you had a client like complain to you because they're not getting enough uh, engagements on their website and they're not web chatting? Oh my God. I, I... What, what? I mean, how do, how do you know they're not engaging with you? You're not, you're not, it's like you have a storefront and you don't open the door because you're not web chatting. So it's just literally people driving by your building. You're like, oh, this, this doesn't work. <laughs> I think it's worse. Uh, I'm okay, So like we, I mean, I've, li- I've lived this out in person, right? So we had a furniture and appliance repair, sorry, furniture and appliance retail. And we did appliance repair because we sold used appliances and we fixed them. So we had a 6,000 square foot space growing up that I was in almost every day. It was a family business, right? Like I'm eight years old. I'm doing my homework behind the counter. One of the things my dad made sure of, because my dad was owner, right? So my dad's the owner, which also means he's the everything else manager. And I remember him being like, I remember us putting um, tall things in front of the counter for a few days. And then him being like, nope, that won't work. Why? Because I have to be able to see the whole floor to know when people walk in and if I need to go help them, right? Like you can see what their behavior is, but like one of the most critical things that we have to do is go interact with the customer when they walk in. And he's like, it doesn't matter if they don't want to talk to you. The point is that you have to make sure that they understand you're available always. You are not secretly behind the counter. And if they want to talk to you, you're bothering them. You can't, you cannot make it hard 
So he's like, that's what he drilled at eight years old. He's drilling this into me. He's like, you're going to take the flyer that they, you know, they don't necessarily want. And you're going to go up there and you're going to say, hi, however I can help you. I'll be sitting at the counter. Don't want to bug you. Always available. Just yell. And if we correlate that to online, that's just having that little button in the lower right hand corner. So the worst thing, right? The worst thing you can do is take everybody from the counter and leave the door open for customers and take everybody from the counter and put them in the back room. Yes. So that's, that is worse than keeping the door closed. You're hundred percent right. And that's happened to my dad. Like my dad has gone, oh, it's a dead day. It's a Saturday, but it's a holiday. No one is coming in today. I'm going to go in the back room. We have a super loud doorbell. I'm just going to take a 20 minute power nap. And he's had customers, right? He was just really tired that day. And they walked in, looked around, walked out. That's the end. Oh, you missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that, that's how quick it can happen. This has been another episode of the Home Service Leaders Podcast. And I hope that this inspires you to take the next step in growing your business. If taking an honest look at your marketing and getting a no-strings-attached plan sounds like the right next step for you, email me at nathan at moreleadsonline.com or just text 219-315-6476 and say HSL. Thanks for listening. Go kick some ass.